We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 12th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? How are we feeling? I got the Moscato in my right hand. I got a ton of dubs in the left. I just I'm enjoying it while while we're doing it, Jonathan. I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Three wins in a row. Hasn't happened in a while. And we got uh an interesting road ahead these next, you know, for the week ahead. So we'll see how it how it shakes out. But like I said, right now, just enjoying it. Water just, you know, feels better going down. Air feels fresher. Lights seem brighter. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. feels sweeter when right. the Magic are winning. Like you mentioned, it's a three-game winning streak. The Magic have not won three consecutive games since February 17th, 19th, and 21st of 2021. So almost two years ago. They had a 107 to 89 win at home over the New York Knicks, a 124 to 120 win at home over the Golden State Warriors, and a 105 to 96 win at home over the Detroit Pistons, and then lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row. Hopefully, history does this is not the repeat reverse. itself. This is the reverse. We lost nine right. in a row. Now we've won three in a row, and then we're just going to keep going. We're just going to win. The Magic are winning out, is what I'm telling you. Pretty much. So if you remember correctly, uh, that was the season. The Magic start 4-0, and mm-hmm. drop their next two, and then I believe uh, that next game, uh, January 4th, I believe that's the game where Markel Fultz tore his ACL. And then uh, mm-hmm. everyone knows, I believe it was March 25th was the trade deadline that year, and that's when we saw Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, all of those guys traded away. So just for some some context of how long it has been since the Magic won three straight games, it was a month before we traded all those guys out of Orlando. It, it's been quite a while. But again, a three-game win streak uh, with two consecutive victories over the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, the big overtime win over the Clippers, which we uh, covered on the last episode. We're going to talk about both of these Raptors games uh, in just a few minutes here. Uh, But coming up uh, this coming Friday, December 16th, uh, when the Magic take on the Boston Celtics, we're having another watch party in downtown Orlando. This time, we're going to be at Cavo's Bar and Kitchen located at 900 East Washington Street. That watch party is going to start at 7 o'clock. Tip-off is at 7.30. So if you're in town, if you're able to come out, please make sure you do. We've got a game coming up on Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks. So the Magic have a a pretty good chance, I think, Luke, of going into this watch party on a four-game winning streak. Pretty, pretty exciting. So again, Cavo's Bar and Kitchen, 900 East Washington Street on the 16th. It's a Friday. Watch party starts at 7 o'clock. Tip-off is set. 
Let's get to the weekly state of the Magic here, Luke. The Magic are 3-1 and one on the week, bringing them to a record of 8-20 and 20 on the season. They no longer have the worst record in the league. Now they have the third worst record in the league. They have the third worst record in the Eastern Conference. So the Magic are slowly climbing up. In terms of the play-in, the Magic are, it looks like, is that five or four and a half games back of the Miami Heat, who are in 10th place. So just four and a half games back of the play-in, which is good news. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. In terms of offensive and defensive rating, the Magic have a offensive rating of 109.5, which ranks 27th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.5, which ranks 26th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative five, which is 26 in the league. In terms of the injury front, Luke, not much has changed there. Jonathan Isaac, Chuma OKK, Wendell Carter Jr., Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris all remain out. Uh, Friday at the shoot-around before the Toronto Raptors game, uh, Kobe was in the Advent Health Training Center and asked Jamal Mosley uh, just in terms of uh, some updates for the guys that are out. And this is what Jamal Mosley had to say. They're just running around right now, just working on getting their bodies moving a little bit more. Each guy's got their different category of what they're able to do. Wendell's moving around a little bit. Gary's jogging up and down, getting some shots up. J.I., obviously, you know, has gone through the Lakeland practices. Chuma is also just getting on the floor, a little bit of running up and down. Jalen's still feeling a little bit of pain. He's not on the court as of yet. Uh, and yeah, it is a little bit concerning in my opinion, Luke, because that is the ankle that he's injured before and the ankle that he had surgery on to start the summer. Uh, but we still don't really have a, a ton of updates in that regard. It's just obviously he tweaked it a few games back and is still dealing with a lot of soreness. Yeah. Um, none, like you said, none of that is particularly encouraging. Even if you take out the Jalen Sugg stuff, I don't love that. Wendell is running up the court a little bit. I don't even know what that means. Like in terms of their world, obviously they've got, they know what their stuff means. They know what running a little bit means on the court. That sort of stuff. I simply have no context. So for me, it's like, okay, so Wendell isn't like, you know, isn't where Jalen's at, obviously, but he's also not, you know, close to, like a, a game away or a day away from being active on the roster. It doesn't seem like based on those quotes, obviously this was a few days ago, so maybe it's changed as of yet. I don't know. Hopefully he's able to get some, some work and get to, you know, fully ramped up again, but yeah, just a little discouraging. We've obviously, regardless of these last three, you know, wins in a row, you miss Wendell on that nine game losing streak immensely. And it would be great to, just kind of add him into the rotation again, into that starting lineup, especially it capitalize on these three wins with having him help us, you know, build on that. So well, obviously the other injuries that we have Chuma as well. And, and those guys just adding more bodies is great, but Wendell does more than just add a body. I'm just a little bit nervous about when he's back. Jalen was finally starting to really catch his stride and he's out and sidelined, not even on the court again, at least up that, at that update we just don't know we have no idea and i think that obviously we've become really accustomed to just operating uh you know and expecting this team to just be who they are with the players that are active and the guys who are injured they'll be back eventually that's kind of the mindset i feel like we're of especially as of late and definitely this year yeah you don't really have a choice you know wendell is now has missed you know 12 straight games and uh 13 out of the last 14 games. You know, he missed one game, came back for that Chicago Bulls game, of course, where Jalen Suggs hits the game winner. You know, he's going to get up for that being his former team. But uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like any of these guys are are particularly close to returning. The good news is, and I think we'll talk more about this as we talk about these past two Raptors games, but it, it seems like the team is, is at least... and. The Raptors are are a flawed team themselves. Like we're not talking about a team that is you know near the the top of the the Eastern Conference standings uh, as it is right now. They're thirteen and fourteen on the season, losing their last two. They're four and six in their last ten. Um, OG Ananobi, you know, he was out tonight uh, for them. We'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, but yeah, they're ninth in the Eastern Conference right now. 
And I think especially after how well Scotty Barnes played, you know, last year wins rookie of the year, they probably had some higher expectations than that, you know, headed into the season. So yes, we've won, you know, three straight games and it feels like each of those kind of has its own caveat. Like the Toronto Raptors aren't, you know, right now necessarily one of the best teams in the league. The Los Angeles Clippers kind of gift you that win a little bit by not playing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the majority of that overtime period. And, even in you know the the even in regulation in that game, those guys were obviously very limited by that minutes restriction. But this Magic team, who is now again eight and twenty on the year, we're certainly not going to feel sorry for anybody, and we're going to take any win that we can get. So, but at least there are some encouraging signs from the guys who are are currently currently playing in these games and and you know performing well as of late. But we'll touch on all of that in a bit more detail in a little bit. Before we get into these games, Luke, I just want to take a moment to shout out our patrons. So if you're not aware, uh, we do have a Patreon community uh, where you can join our community for as little as $2 a month uh, just to support the show and help us do all the things that uh, we do and upgrade equipment and bring you guys even better content and bring you an even better show. Uh, We also have other additional membership tiers uh, where you can get other benefits like joining our Discord channel having uh, monthly Zoom calls with us where we just kind of hang out, talk about life, Orlando Magic Basketball. Our last uh, Patreon Zoom was really, really interesting towards the end. I'm not going to get into details of that. If you were on that Zoom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you want to be a part of the fun and you want to help support The Six Man Show, you can find us at patreon.com slash The Six Man Show. And part of our Hall of Fame tier uh, membership level is that we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every episode. So I'm going to do that right now. So shout out to the Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Goated Fashow, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Pierre A., Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty93, Teddy Silvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Chad3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95 Shred, Junior Baruz, Half Recon, and Shaheen177. A big shout out to all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons and to all of our patrons. And again, you can find us at Patreon dot com slash the six man show luke let's talk first of all about friday's game against the toronto raptors so the magic had a a little uh baseball series here over the weekend playing the toronto raptors on friday and then also on sunday Uh, we're recording this just after uh, 10 o'clock sunday night Um, but looking at the magic if you look at their schedule luke um, just over a week ago the Magic played Toronto in Toronto back on the third. So what was that? Nine days ago from uh, when this is going to be released. And the Magic were blown out 121 to 108 in Toronto. The Magic shot 48% from the floor, 40% from three in that game. But the Raptors, 56% from the floor, just really could not miss. Out-rebounded the Magic 43-29. to Out-assisted the Magic 21 uh, 31 rather to 23 and uh yeah just was not a good game uh this is really kind of that window where we were questioning the magic's uh you know attention to detail focus whether or not they were going to show up and, and play with energy luke these uh these two games at home over this weekend against the toronto raptors uh really just could not have been more different than that game that we saw in, in toronto just over a week ago Looking at that first game, the 113-109 to win, let's just cut right to the chase. For me, this game starts and ends the story with Franz Wagner. 34 points, 12 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. I know it wasn't his career high, Luke, but I felt like this was Franz Wagner's best game of his career, and he barely touched the ball the last like eight minutes he was on the floor. Yeah. And that, that was, you know, there's a a lot to be said. I think about the fact that he just simply didn't, wasn't getting touches 
when it when it came down to it you can blame it on whatever you want you can you can blame it on you know who mostly was telling these guys to get the ball to maybe maybe not necessarily telling them who to get it to or not to get it to but who to get it to in terms of you know get the ball to Franz no questions asked because he's clearly got the hot hand whatever it might be but for Franz it's something that we've talked about since last year which is Franz needs to be assertive he is incredible when he is letting the game come to him all those sort of things I just believe that he can be even greater if he is assertive we've already kind of established the fact that maybe Franz isn't you know the ideal person to handle the ball like bring it up the court type of thing because he kind of gets you know he gets right past half court teams can send a double team after him once he crosses the half court line he gets trapped he you know they force a turnover on him that sort of thing but uh when franz is just like i said letting the game come to him he's incredible but i do think that there is a time and place for him to just be more assertive you cannot convince me that there wasn't time of the last eight plus minutes of his gameplay where he couldn't have demanded the ball at least a little bit. It just didn't seem to get there, right? And then he touches the ball. Finally, he gets a basket to go off of that. What the Markel missed layup there at the very end of the game that essentially helps win the magic. That game it was a huge moment in the game, but you could have had a lot more of that and maybe avoided that situation altogether. If Franz gets his hands on the ball, many more times than he did leading up to that point in those those that you really that final quarter and the last part of that third quarter so that was the frustrating part so now that that my frustration is out of the way everybody shares that sentiment that is not a secret what i just said but i want you guys to understand like we absolutely share that same that same frustration when it comes to franz and his assertiveness he's incredible and we just want to see it more he he was great but i do and i do agree what with what you're saying to a to a point late in that third quarter and and when he checked out of the game and came back in you know almost not midway but you know around the the seven eight minute mark of the fourth quarter OG Ananobi first of all was doing a really great job base guarding Franz just playing ball denial and then when Franz was getting the ball Toronto was double teaming him because he he was quite literally killing them they they could not stop him there was at one point I think it was in the first half where Franz is driving to the rim, somebody gets a, a hand, uh, you know, kind of into Franz, and he loses the ball. He's juggling it. He catches it and just yeah. kind of tosses it up at the backboard, and it went in. And at that point, I'm just like, okay, this guy is on. There's there's literally nothing Toronto can do. And for most of the night, that was the case until they started doubling, getting him the ball. We've had this conversation a ton. Franz just may never be that guy that is going to like demand the ball. Right. Now, I will say he has been better about it this season. Like if you like just look at Franz's usage rate, it's especially compared to last year. Um he's up to 25%. Last year it was at 20%. Um and that was really impressive. I mean, as a rookie obviously, but usage rate is up to 25%, which is good for 83rd percentile in the NBA. The kid is obviously due to injuries has been getting the ball a ton. He may or may not ever be the guy that is going to demand the ball in that scenario, but I'm I'm right there with you. You can't go. I think he had like one attempt over his right over like the last 18 minutes of of, of the game, which which just can't happen. Yeah. And it was that tip in layup that won the game essentially. Yeah, and and also people are probably hearing this and saying, you know, to John, to your point, Jonathan, of like the 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 Raptors just threw different looks at him. They started to. I will say. Nick Nurse, as annoying as he is, he's the adjustment wise, he is terrible. Adjustment wise, defensively, he is incredible, and I I think that you saw that um, when it came to Franz in terms of when he's on, he made the adjustments at at, you know halftime as far as how to handle Franz, and they had a much better handle on him. But and and to my point as well as of like Franz's assertiveness, it also is Mosley's scheme and the actions that you're running for Franz. Jamal had to have understood that they are going to pressure Franz. They are going to throw more double teams at him in that second half. They are going to face guard him with the defender like OG Ananobi. You have to be anticipating that happening. And I would have also have liked to seen mostly just run more actions 
for Franz to get him open than what you're running in the first half that clearly is being countered in the second. This is a this is a, a tale of two halves league, and you have got to be ready to adjust and counter more looks than I feel like Mosley prepares for. Um, maybe Nurse's you know adjustment was just so great there was not nothing for Mosley to do. I I highly doubt it, but that's just the small out that I would give Mosley. Um, so yeah, man, I, I I don't mean to kind of just like make this a negativity thing. But it's just frustrating knowing that like the 40 ball was right there for Franz to take. Franz get it scoring 40 and an emphatic magic win. This wasn't a perfect game. You're up by what, 20 at one point? Yeah. And this becomes just a game where like you're sitting on the edge of your seat in the final quarter. And it's like, there is no reason this should have been a nail biter. The Magic should have won this game easily. The Magic, clearly the Raptors are not in a good space. If the Magic who have been struggling on a nine-game losing streak. They get that emotional win against the Clippers. They're very vulnerable to get blown out to the Raptors after an emotional overtime, breaking the streak type win. And then the Raptors can't even beat the Magic two games in a row. Clearly, this is not a great team right now for the Raptors. Season's very weird in the NBA. That could shift, right? The Raptors could step up. They get guys back. Obviously, OG doesn't play tonight. Um, you know, they're missing key players. Like it is what it is, but all that to say, man, I think the magic should have won that game by more. I know this is supposed to be a happy segment talking about this game, but it, that's just how I feel. This game should have been won by more. Franz should have scored 40 and you roll into, to, you know, yesterday's game as you guys are listening to this on an even bigger high, but I'm just glad that obviously the magic were able to reel it in, win that game take care of business on Sunday night as well. So just to give folks a little bit more context around in this game, the Magic are up 67-63 to 63 at the end of the first half. And then over the first six-plus minutes uh, in the third quarter, they go on a 21-5 to five run. They're up 88-68. to 68, And then it just seemed like Toronto started to just kind of start to chip into that lead. Um Eventually, you know, getting it it pretty close down the stretch. It was 104 to 106 with four minutes to go. Uh, they tie it up 108 to 108 with 144 to go. And then, you know, Paolo Bancaro, uh, you know, makes a, a big first free throw, gives a magic a one point game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet gets fouled the other end, makes it a tie game, 53 seconds to go. And then uh, with 26.9 seconds left, Markel misses the layup, and Franz Wagner tips it in. Arguably got fouled on that tipping, by the way. Could have been an and one. And then uh, Toronto, uh, Fred Van Vliet is, just had a, a pretty rough start to the season just in terms of shooting the basketball. I went through the Raptors subreddit after that game the other night, and they're mm-hmm. like, man, Fred just had to take that shot, didn't he? Uh, he misses it. Magic get the ball back. Raptors have to foul. Paolo Bancaro makes his free throws. Um, and that's really the story in this one for the Orlando Magic. Um we were concerned after that Clippers game, like you mentioned, like kind of that emotional high, not getting too high. Uh, and the team, that's a, a been a theme throughout the year, talking about not getting too high, not getting too low, not getting too high after wins, not getting too low after losses. But it's a young team that is still learning very much how to win in this league. And you come out, you know, and you have a 37 to 25 first quarter, take a 12-point lead going into the second against the Toronto Raptors. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. This by no means was like a, a defensive masterclass for the Orlando Magic. Toronto uh, still you know, scores 109 points, 42% from the floor, 28% from the three-point line. Magic just could not play defense without fouling. 33 free throws for the Toronto Raptors in, in that one, which really helped them stay in the game, I thought, especially in that second half. But the Magic shoot a blistering 59.2% from the floor, 38% from the three-point line, 19 of 21. Like the last few games, this stretch of just hot free throw shooting continues. I think uh, the the game before this uh, against the Clippers, I believe we shot 90%. I believe the, the game before that, it was like 89%. So over the, the last few games here, you know, Magic have got to be shooting pretty close to 90% from the free throw line get in there a ton so super super uh encouraging stuff out of the orlando magic 
So you get that win, Luke, and now you're like, okay, we we split the season series so far. It's one to one. They kicked our butt in Toronto. We had them on the ropes in the second half. It felt like if you could have sustained that for a few more minutes, they might have thrown in the towel, but obviously they came back and then you just kind of barely squeak out that win. So now you're going into Sunday and you're like, okay, they blew us out once. We barely beat them. They're struggling so far to start the season, probably not playing up to their expectations. They're going to come out ready to play on Sunday night. So I was... I was concerned going into this one that that we watched tonight and it was a dog fight like to to me this game was the definition of a dog fight a lot of whistles blown on both sides of the ball as Luke knows I I'm I'm very quick to criti- criticize officiating but I'm much more willing to do that if it's lopsided I didn't feel like it was lopsided I thought it was bad officiating I thought they were blowing the whistle far too often which just completely ruins all kind of flow. And it just makes for an ugly game to watch, but it was legitimately terrible on both ends of the floor. I know, uh, especially late in the game, you know, the Raptors were probably getting a little bit more of a favorable whistle, uh, which, you know, you could argue helped keep them in this game down the stretch. It felt like the magic could have pulled away a little bit, Uh, but 38 free throws tonight for the Toronto Raptors, 31 for the Orlando magic. Uh, But yeah, the magic, I don't want to say, I mean, hot shooting, I guess you could say 45% from the three-point line for the Orlando Magic. We'll we'll take that all yeah. day. Uh, but, Luke, again, just the young guys, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, both playing relatively well tonight. Not super efficient, but getting to the free throw line and being efficient there, getting free points, just carrying the Magic to another victory. Cole Anthony's been playing well. Mo Bamba was great tonight. And now you've won three in a row. You beat the Raptors twice in a row. You're up two to one on the series. They play one more time later this year. It would be great to be able to just flat out win the the season series for the Toronto Raptors. But Luke, these last two games, I guess we could say like last three games, the Magic are just doing the things that they have to do. And they're winning freaking ball games, man. They're... They're doing what they have to do, and they're doing it consistently. Like, in, in terms of these last two games against the Raptors, right? It's very uh, uncommon that you'll have a game where, you know, the Magic win the win the game because of a rebounding differential. And then the very next game, it's uncommon that you would have it happen again, especially against the same team, to where, like, you basically win the, win the game in, the sim- in similar ways. With with that, right? That's the, something that the Magic have done. I talked about it after the Clippers win when we recapped that and just kind of how the Magic, where they were trending. I just kind of tip my hat to the Magic in terms of rebounding, uh, a, a position that's been very frustrating up to this point. Magic out-rebound the Raptors, you know, the other night, 43 rebounds to 33. Sunday night against the Raptors in their latest win, 42 rebounds to 28. Just really great job by the Magic in that regard. The Magic shoot, you know, 38.5% from three the other night. They shoot 45%, obviously, as you said. Sunday night, hold the Raptors to 24%, hold them to 28% tonight, you know, on Friday night. They're just doing, they did the right things and, and did them well enough to win these games. And regardless of the other night winning it narrow, more narrowly than they should have, did the right things to put them in the in the right positions. Turnover margin terrible. The Magic get dominated in turnovers uh, both nights against the Raptors. The Raptors nine turnovers on Sunday, seven turnovers on Friday. So it is impressive that the Magic could afford to have twenty turnovers the other night, and then uh, what was it, eighteen on Sunday night? It's impressive that you're able to win the game like that. But it just shows how well they were doing those other things that elevate them to the win. Albeit frustrating, but it is a young team. We know turnovers are part of the game this year. So just uh, just really impressive. Like you said, Mo Bombo was great tonight. We needed it. He was not great on Friday, almost non-existent. And so for him to step up in this game, knock down his shots that he loves the most, those perimeter shots, 
If he's hitting those, I have a harder time criticizing. He hits those on Sunday night. You're um, getting some Mo Bamba thank- drives tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, very weird that he would pass up anything on the perimeter. But yeah, he you know, six of six from the field, two of two, gets to the free throw line. That was the most impressive thing about Bomba tonight, in my opinion. Gets to the free throw line, shoots five free throws um in his twenty three minutes. Just the ability, obviously tonight the whistles were everywhere, like you said. But Paolo, eight free throw attempts, Franz, 10. The most important part in a game like this is to recognize that the whistle is being blown. And that you just can, and you see that, and you're able to utilize it to your advantage. You know, if I go to the paint, I get even a, my finger touched. I'm going to the free throw line. Guys like Paolo capitalized on that. Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba driving tonight, I think, had to play a huge part in terms of, you know, him knowing that they're going to call foul. I'm going to get to the free throw line. So super impressive win tonight, honestly. I was honestly uh, more impressed because there wasn't really a collapse. On on Friday, that collapse kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, and and I deemed this really a better win. Um, you It was just more of a total team effort. Franz had to put the team on his back the first three and a half quarters. I, I mean, it's great. What, what can I say, man? You You win three in a row. A team as bad as the Magic have been, it's a relief. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking at the last three games just across the league, in terms of offensive rating, the Magic have ranked ninth in the league. Uh, in terms of defensive rating, the Magic are seventh in the league. Overall net rating, they're third in the league. Assist percentage, Magic are 18th in the league. Maybe not exactly where you would like them to be, um, but at least not towards the bottom of the league. Am I right? Overall rebound percentage, mm-hmm. you mentioned that the Magic have been rebounding much better. They're fourth in rebound percentage. Uh, turnovers still towards the bottom of the league, 28%. It's like if the Magic could figure out the turnovers, these last three <laughs> wins, like might not, we might even not even had to sweat them at all. Like we didn't really sweat tonight, obviously, Friday night against the Toronto Raptors and you know, the overtime win against the, the Clippers was, was definitely super sweaty. Um, and the Magic, you know, over the last three games, still last in in, in pace. Over uh, the course of this season, I believe uh, they're bottom 10, somewhere around there uh, in overall pace. So a lot of that is, is just because the offense right now, a lot of the times the best option is Markel Fultz just kind of breaking his defender down and, and getting into the lane and making something happen. Or, or Franz Wagner or Paolo Bancaro, one of those guys really doing the same thing. Um. Yeah, and the defense hasn't been great. So if you're not getting a ton of stops and getting out in a transition, you know that's going to hurt your pace as well. But the the attention to detail, like effort, it helps that you're shooting the ball a lot better, obviously. But rebounding, uh, you haven't been completely terrible defensively. Like I said, 
uh, seventh in defensive rating over the course of the last three games. The crazy thing is, I think this team could even be a little bit better in that regard. We still see teams every single night getting wide open threes, whether it's the zone, whether it's guys just not being in the right spot, whether it's over helping, like something's got to change there. But I, I don't want to spend too much time on the negatives. The Magic are a young team. They've beaten quality opponents. We, we talked about this. This 12-game stretch that the Magic have where they play a playoff team every single night, and these are playoff teams that they've beaten these last three games. So winning close games, winning not-so-close games, whatever it is, this Magic team right now is, is certainly going to take a win wherever they can. And since we've entered into this, you know, 12 game stretch here and we are getting towards the end of it here uh let's see so that started with philadelphia philadelphia loss loss brooklyn that was a loss atlanta that was a loss cleveland that was a loss toronto that was a loss milwaukee that was a loss so you're seven and three now through these 10 games you've got atlanta boston boston atlanta we said the magic had to go four and eight or five and seven on this stretch the Magic have a real chance to do that. We talked about during this stretch, the Magic going four and eight over those 12 games or five and seven to keep the play-in hopes alive. And you and I were joking, like the Magic have a real chance to go 0-12 in that stretch. And now you've won three games in a row. You've got two games coming up against Atlanta in the next four. Obviously, the two at Boston are going to be super tough. But Atlanta's banged up right now. You know, they're missing multiple guys. You may be able to, to squeak out a win there. Uh, they played the Bulls tonight. That game went to overtime, and they won 123-122 to 122 over, again, a Bulls team that has been struggling. Before that, they had uh, three straight losses to the Nets, the Knicks, and the Thunder. So Atlanta, all of a sudden, is definitely looking a lot you know more beatable than they did about two weeks ago when we first started talking about this stretch. I can't believe the Magic have a legitimate chance to win five or, or maybe even six games in this 12-game stretch. You know, I, I mentioned the Magic are four and a half games back of the play-in as you and I sit here and talk right now, Luke. I feel a lot better right now than I did two weeks ago in the middle of that nine-game losing streak. Yeah, I would say still feels unlikely. That, that, that we see the magic in the plan, just in my opinion, it's oh, it'd be sure. easy to ride the high and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not downplaying, right? Like the the magic played, like you said, a beat up Hawks. You have the Celtics. That's tough. Like, I I don't know if you beat the Celtics either of those games at at and Boston, right? I just don't think I realistically, I don't think you do that. Let's say the magic Jonathan can beat the Hawks, right? You're you're looking at at being nine and twenty going to those games against the Celtics. Let's say you draw both of those. You're nine and twenty-two. Can you beat the Hawks again the next Monday? You go. You're, you're ten and twenty-two going into a very favorable five. I think five-game stretch: Rockets, Spurs, Lakers, Pistons, Wizards. I, I don't know, man. I think that that the Magic really can. I hope they don't have to. I the Magic are going to really be able to make up ground in that five-game that five-game stretch. And even the next one, January 4th, Thunder. And then you got, you know, a little bit of a tougher stretch there after that. Probably don't look past January 4th. But if we're looking to January 4th, man, get a respectable record up to that point. Buy, you get yourself, you know, some, some uh, you know, get that, narrow that margin between wins and losses. I don't know. Maybe you split against the Celtics and we're talking crazy, but... This is the fun part of looking ahead, and and the Magic have a very favorable schedule for a good amount of time starting December 21st, especially. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah, I I mean, if we're looking, so it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Now we're, we're at 10. It was certainly more than more than 12 games. Uh, if we look at the standings here, it feels like we're missing something. In terms of no, yeah, all of those teams were were in the playoff race. So maybe it was more than maybe it was more than twelve games. Maybe it was like fourteen games somewhere around there. But yeah, I mean, if you're, I mean, I I definitely feel like Atlanta is beatable right now. No Dejounte Murray, no John Collins. Now they they probably they should be favored and they will be favored in those games. 
I mean, God forbid you split one of those with Boston, man. All of a sudden, I start to feel a lot better, like you said, going into that five-game stretch. Houston, Spurs, Lakers, Pistons, Wizards, Thunder. Wizards. Okay, see, and all of them are under 500 right now. Those are all teams. They, obviously, Lakers doing a little bit better as of late because they couldn't do much worse. But I don't after know. That I, stretch, I can't Luke, help but think that's a pivotal stretch. After that stretch, like you talked about, starting January 5th, you've got Memphis, Golden State, Kings, Blazers, Jazz, Nuggets, Pelicans. Yeah. Like, Let's not dwell on that. But if you can get into you know January fourth, January fifth, Jonathan Isaac started you know, practicing with Lakeland about a week ago now. Like last Tuesday, I believe was when we heard about it. That puts him out a, a, about a month from that point. Now I'm not saying that's when he's going to come back. We have no idea. But if all of a sudden you get to that point and you have Chuma OKK back. Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Suggs. If you have Jonathan Isaac and you're sitting there January 5th and you're two, two and a half games back of the play-in, all of a sudden your boy starts feeling real good about our chances. <laughs> this is a talented team. Yeah. I know I know how much we've struggled in large part due to in, to, due to injury it hasn't all been injury like even healthy this is still a, a fairly flawed team but all of a sudden when we're not having to throw out admiral schofield for however many minutes he played tonight nine minutes we're not having to play Kevon harris for 16 minutes uh, maybe you know mo bamba you know isn't in the lineup on a nightly basis at that point you know maybe you're you're uh, center tandem is is Wendell Carter Jr. and Moritz Wagner, which at, at this point I probably feel better about on a nightly basis than Wendell and Mo. Like you just know that Mo Moritz Wagner is going to bring it every single night um, on, on both ends of the floor. Whether he's going to score a lot, that's a, another conversation. But yeah, you get these guys back, and then all of a sudden you're sitting two to three games out of the play-in. Like the the front office is going to have to make a decision at that point. Are we going all in on the play in, or are we just going to like guys? It was fun while it lasted, but we need one more high lottery pick, and then we're really rolling with this team. I don't know. I don't know which way they're going to go, but I mean, we're we probably are getting way too far ahead of ourselves. There's a lot of basketball in between now and, and January fifth, sure. but. Again, I feel a lot better about the team than I did a couple of weeks ago. I feel a lot better about the team now than even a week ago when we were in the middle of that nine-game losing streak. And yeah, I, I will be 100% acting up if we're able to you know, win two out of the next four. Yeah. It would be very nice. I mean, we've talked about... We're going to do the look ahead here. We've talked about this you know, basically Wednesday. So it's nice you get two days off, get some rest. I don't know if you're going to be able to get you know any of the guys that were missing back, but on Wednesday you're at home versus Atlanta. Then you hit the road for a, a two game or a, actually sorry a four game road trip. That that next Atlanta game we are in Atlanta. So Wednesday at home for Atlanta. Then you're at Boston on Friday, at Boston on Sunday. Then you're at Atlanta, and then at Houston before returning home just right before Christmas. But looking at this upcoming week, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Atlanta, at Boston, at Boston, what what what's your feeling right now, Luke? What do you what do you think we do over the next three games here? I'm I'm gonna go one and two. And for the sake of getting different and being able to maybe beat you this week, I'm going a loss to the Hawks. And splitting against Boston, one and two. All right, you are brave. I think I think we can pick up that game Wednesday at home versus Atlanta. Hundred percent agree. I just want to beat you. No, that's in the fine. Prediction thing. So you're, yeah, I'm playing I, the I game tried here. this a couple weeks ago and it blew up in my face. So I'm hoping I'm hoping <laughs> uh, the basketball gods repay me and it blows up in your face. So Atlanta, mm -hmm. I mean, three game win streak versus a, a Southeast Division rival. It's the last of of this five game homestand. And right before you leave on the trip to Boston, it, it's it's exciting. You know, again, 
No DeJounte Murray, no John Collins, or at least those guys shouldn't play. Uh, John Collins was injured on the first. He was uh, said to miss at least two weeks. So we're coming up on two weeks with John Collins. So I think we should be safe uh, to miss him. And then uh, DeJounte Murray was hurt a few nights ago, and he's supposed to miss a couple of weeks as well. So we should be able to miss him. And uh, is it DeAndre DeAndre Hunter? He's not listed See? on Atlanta's injury report right now, at least uh, looking at ESPN's injury report. DeJounte Murray, we can take a look at their schedule to see if uh, DeAndre Hunter played tonight against the Chicago Bulls or not. I'm pulling up their box score, looking at, yeah, he's back in the lineup. He played 26 minutes tonight for the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, so. yeah, he's, he's fully back. A.J. Griffin played 40, Trey He also hit 42. the game oh, winner, overtime. I believe, in overtime. Overtime. For the Hawks. Overtime to, explains the high minutes. To beat but, the Bulls. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And uh, don't look now, but uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who uh, really hasn't been playing much for the Hawks this year, he played 36 minutes tonight for the Hawks. Good night. So. Yeah, I mean, I do think that's a winnable game. I definitely feel a lot better about it than I, I did the last time that we talked about it. So I'm going to say you pick up the win at home against the Hawks. The Magic have obviously been much better at home than on the road this season. I believe I believe it's seven of their eight wins have come at home. I think they're seven and nine at home and one and you make up the difference in your brain with your with your big math skills there, listeners. But, uh, yeah, the Magic have won one game on the road, and it was that buzzer beater against the Chicago Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, let's get another win at home. It would absolutely be incredible, Luke. But uh, I, I want to take the opportunity now to speak to some long-lost friends of ours. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Some friends mm-hmm. of ours that we haven't heard from in a while. Some friends that... Mm. I just don't understand, Luke. Like you think you really know somebody. You know, we were hearing from from this particular group group of friends for better part of the last eighteen months, weekly, sometimes daily, and then you know, over the course of the last couple of months, they've they've just they've gone radio silent. They they've gone ghost, and I'm referring to none other than those maple syrup drinking losers from Toronto. <laughs> the Raptors fans. Just to give you all a little bit of context, Kevin and I were at the 2021 draft party for the Orlando Magic. And obviously, Jalen Suggs was mocked to the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes is being mocked to the, the Magic at five. And we had just gone through, you know, this, uh, it felt like decade-long Aaron Gordon experience. It, it wasn't. It wasn't eight years. I believe it was like six or seven years with Aaron Gordon. But it just felt like forever. Where we had this really awesome athlete who could defend at a high level that you just continue to talk yourself into becoming a number one option. Partly due to the fact that Frank Vogel told us that he could envision Aaron Gordon becoming Paul George, and that just really warped my brain for several years after that fact. So when Jalen Suggs fell to the magic, when Scotty Barnes was taken by the Raptors at four, we lost our minds because I still see the potential in Jalen Suggs. The the guy that we thought we were getting on draft night, he may never be that, but I still think he he has the potential to someday make an all-star team. Elite defensive player. We've talked all season long about he's begun to put it together offensively. And then we get Franz Wagner at eight, which... I don't care who you ask, whether they were high on Franz, whether they were low on Franz, nobody saw this coming from Franz. So we were like, oh, all right, we got Franz Wagner. We need some forward depth. He should be a nice piece, but we were really excited about Jalen Suggs. Over the last 16 months, especially after Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year, Raptors fans literally every single day for months and months and months, we're commenting on our draft vlog video that did not mention the Toronto Raptors, like in the title tagline tags, none of that. I I think it got shared in their subreddit. It must have. I know um, someone that covers the Raptors for sports illustrated, got his hands on it, made a, a TikTok about it, all that kind of stuff. They would badger us every single day, laughing in our faces about how great Scotty Barnes was, how he was, the second coming essentially of Jesus Christ. He was the greatest person that has ever graced the basketball floor. 
He was the next Giannis. He was the next superstar. I love these guys. Even our friends at the Pick Aside podcast, they had a whole podcast segment last season. Would you rather have just Scotty Barnes or Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs? And they emphatically, I believe to a man, said they would rather have Scotty Barnes than both Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. Even our friends were saying this about us, Luke. And now, over the last seven, eight weeks since the NBA season has started, been silent those Raptors fans they don't come around our YouTube channel and comment on that video now for some reason and you know what that reason is Luke Mm. they have accepted defeat that Franz Wagner is already a much better basketball player than Scotty Barnes will ever be Franz better Scotty Barnes had a great rookie year he had a phenomenal rookie year he was in a a winning situation. He was really impactful. He he was this like hyper aggressive wing for the Raptors last year. Like when he saw opportunities, he would take it. Whether that was driving to the rim, uh, even when that was knocking down open mid range shots, knocking down the occasional three. And and this year, you don't have to go any further than the Raptors subreddit. Um, a lot of that is just evaporated from Scotty Barnes. He's not giving effort on a nightly basis. He's not as as great defensively as he was last year. Offensively, not as efficient. He's not scoring as many points. And Franz Wagner uh, has really just elevated into a future all-star. If you compare them, Franz is almost scoring five more points per game. He's shooting almost 50% from the floor when you compare that to Scotty Barnes, 45%. Franz has had a, a rough start to the year from behind the arc. Uh, he, he was as low as 20% earlier in the year. Now they're both shooting 32% from the three-point line. Uh, Franz is shooting better from two, has a better effective field goal percentage, shooting a higher free throw percentage. Scotty Barnes is, is definitely the better rebounder. Um, Playmaking-wise, I'm going to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to Franz because Scotty is definitely playing with better players on a nightly basis. Uh assists for Scotty, 3.6 to Franz Wagner. But all you have to do is watch these guys on the floor together. Scotty Barnes literally could not keep Franz Wagner in front of him the other night when he scored 34 points, which is why OG Ananobi was guarding him down the stretch and in the second half. And when you look at these guys play basketball, to me, it is not even close, especially their potential offensively. Franz is able to do things with the ball that Scotty Barnes will never be able to do. Yeah, I listen. Some people are getting real disrespectful about Scotty Barnes. And I love disrespectful. The disrespectful quote that I've heard in comparison is that Scotty Barnes is MCW of the North. Michael Carter Williams, love you, bud. He wins rookie of the year and then just decreases in every stat category it felt like thereafter give you an idea Michael Carter Williams had 16.7 points per game as it's his rookie year impressive the next year 14.6 points per game last year rookie of the year Scotty Barnes 15.3 points per game this year only 23 games in Scotty's got 14 points a game stats would show efficiencies are going to decrease basically for a lot of people because we're still, you know, 20 some odd games into the season, about a third way there. I would say Scotty Barnes is going to see some decreases in efficiency, maybe points per game. I don't know. Unless Toronto throws in the towel, shuts down Fred Van Vliet, guys like that. If, as we get throughout the year, then Scotty gets to elevate his numbers a little bit. MCW of the North is really disrespectful, but I'm here for it. And uh, I hope it's true because Franz Wagner, man, he's the truth. Everybody knows it. He's incredible, and he has an argument to be the best player from that class. Obviously, you've got Kate Cunningham that went number one. But right now, I I don't know. Franz Wagner is incredible, and he's been really great. And... Right now, I believe 
Franz Wagner's team is better. So by a win. <laughs> hey, the last the last couple we ha- certainly have been better. I will give you that. Hmm. But yeah. So I don't. I don't know, man. He's a. He's a. He, he's fun. And uh, I, I, man, I just love love me some Franz Wagner. I mean, there are some rational Raptors fans out there, but I will just say every Raptor fan that came at us sideways on that YouTube video commenting, I hope you guys see this, and I hope you feel like an an idiot now. Like, yeah, sure, we're super happy about about Jalen Suggs. But the, the disrespect that we were getting, even about Franz Wagner, uh, just really, really incredible. And again, we, we've talked about this. We've had multiple rants about this because we've had our fair share of run-ins with the Toronto Raptors fans over the, the course of the, the last couple of years here now. I don't know that there is a more insecure fan base out there for a team that just won a title a few years ago. And, and now... They're kind of seeing all of it like crumble around them, like this great team that they thought they had that were going to be like contenders for years and years. A lot of these guys are like ready to ship Fred Van Vliet out. Like the one thing that they're clinging to is Pascal Siakam. And they're talking about Pascal Siakam like he's Luka Doncic. Like Pascal has been great, but they're like, we need to get Pascal some help here. Like they're they're ready to 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 basically bring in anything. And I wonder, I wonder how they feel about uh you know the the rumors that the Raptors turned down Scotty Barnes straight up for uh Kevin Durant cuz I bet they would do that <laughs> right now. I I bet you they would. <laughs> so in terms of uh just all uh you know sophomores, all second year players. So Franz Wagner is third in scoring 19.8 points per game. Uh he's just right below uh Cade Cunningham who we know is, has been missing some time due to injury. Uh, Kate Cunningham's at 19.9, so just 0.1 points per game ahead of Franz Wagner. Uh, Jalen Green leads all second-year players in, in scoring in 21.6%, but Franz is averaging almost eight points, uh, I'm sorry, eight percentage points better from the floor. Jalen Green, 41.8, Franz Wagner, 49.6. Uh, free throw percentage, Franz Wagner in terms of like qualifying rookies, uh, really high up there, eighty six point five percent. He's in the top ten. I mean, you've got Trey Murphy shooting ninety three percent, Chris Duarte ninety one, uh, Trenton Watford ninety one percent, Quentin Grimes ninety percent, Austin Reese ninety percent, Io Donsumu eighty eight percent, Delano Banton eighty seven percent, and Franz Wagner eighty six percent. But uh, yeah, I mean. The only guy that I would argue right now would, would be Evan Mobley, and that's because of just the way that he's able to uh, impact the game from both yeah. ends of the floor. Um, but like offensively, t- to me, like Franz Varner, Jalen Green is the only guy that I think has a higher offensive ceiling in the draft class right now. Uh, but Franz Varner, just, we're so amazed because you, you just never expected him to be doing the things that he's doing on that, on a nightly basis. Like, he split two of the Toronto Raptors defenders uh, in that game on Friday night, and there was no room whatsoever. He had no business making that move, but made that move nonetheless. And yeah, just uh, we wanted to say all this just to say that Franz Wagner is better than Scotty Barnes. And uh, at this point, I, I don't even think the conversation with with Scotty Barnes and, and Jalen Jalen Suggs is closed. We talked about that last year. Like there's. There's plenty of this story that that is yet unwritten, but I I would bet the house that Franz Wagner, when it all is said and done, is going to end up being a better player than Scotty Barnes. And uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. Luke, we got anything else before we close this out here? Nah, I don't think so. All right. That is going to do it for us. Make sure you guys come out next Friday, the 16th, to Cavo's Bar and Kitchen. Again, that is 900 East Washington Street. That's going to be at, on the 16th at 7 o'clock uh, for that watch party where the Magic take on the Boston Celtics. Uh, that is going to do it for us for Luke Sylvia. This has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been watching the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go Magic!
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.